the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Sorry, the audio quality is still a little bit below par, but we hope to get that fixed very, very soon. It is a corporate issue and we are on it. But I figured you wanted to talk a little stock talk today. Let's talk stocks and investing and retirement and other issues, right? Um, there was a release of the Fed minutes yesterday that caused the market to go negative. The Fed is not less dovish, period. Um, but one of the things that they brought up yesterday with their Fed meeting minutes from July 28, 29 was that they said the economy may take longer to, uh, to come back. The Federal Reserve might not be on board with yield curve control, and it might be ready to embrace average inflation targeting. Um, but again, there's potential inadequacy of fiscal stimulus. There's possible risk to financial stability. There's no way one can reasonably walk away thinking the Fed is now less dovish than before. I don't think a lot should have changed yesterday that, that may take the economy longer to come back, but it, that, that's kind of what happened. Apple hit a $2 trillion market cap yesterday. Uh, that's pretty impressive. $2 trillion. When we were, remember uh, the spy who loved me? Not the spy who loved me, the spy who shagged me. <laughs> a little bit of a difference from James Bond to Mike Myers. No. Um, when the bad guy wakes up from 20 or 30 years of a deep freeze and says he wants a ransom of $1 million. And then he changes it when everyone laughs at him because that's not a lot of money. <clears throat> if you're going to blow up the world, you should ask for more than that. And then he goes, okay, 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 $1 million. We're talking trillion. That's a big number for Apple. It's 10% of total U.S. GDP. Ho, 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 wait, what? It's 10% of the U.S. GDP. Wow. Wow. That sounds too much to me. But I'm willing to go with it because I own shares, of which I don't know if I made a tragic mistake or if I made a wise investor when I diversified. Ten-year treasury note is in its for basis points. Um, again, we're not seeing inflation, and that's helping the economy. But we're not seeing material inflation. A little bit of inflation is okay. Too much inflation is quite bad. NVIDIA posted better than expected third quarter results, but its stock is down. Investors were reportedly underwhelmed by the company's data center growth. Intel announced a $10 billion buyback. Talked about Intel versus NVIDIA. In this corner, we have the old fighter Intel, 55 years old. And in this corner, we have 35-year-old young up-and-coming whippersnapper, NVIDIA. So NVIDIA reports their numbers. They had great data, growth, uh, data center growth. They had eh, eh, a lot was baked into it because it's one of the most uh, popular stocks. 
and it's one of the stocks that has the biggest up movement this year. So it's a little bit off today. Do I think it'll close higher by the end of the year? I do. Intel announced a $10 billion accelerated buyback. Some guys like blondes, some guys like brunettes, some guys like buybacks, some people like dividends. I'm okay with buybacks. When you're Intel and you're old and you've got a lot of cash sitting around and they've already started reinventing themselves by buying a lot of different type of semiconductors, but their glory days appear to be past unless they've got scientists working in the labs and they've got something cooking. American Airlines is down today after they said they plan to cut service to 15 smaller airports or smaller markets. I guess they're kind of the same thing, but you tell me how I should say that. What's interesting to note there is that I did see a story yesterday on American Airlines as well. And I don't know which one's more interesting. The fact that we knew American Airlines was going to be downsizing in August, September, after the Fed said, if you take money, you're not allowed to downsize till September. Eh, we kind of knew that one was coming. But yesterday on a flight from Amer- uh, American Airlines from Las Vegas to Charlotte, uh, two airline passengers started brawling. Do you know why? Because someone was asked to leave the plane because they wouldn't wear a mask. Hmm. And the rule is you have to wear a mask on an airplane on American Airlines. Um, unless you have a medical exemption. I should throw that in there just in case. But a brawl on an airplane, I'm like, thank goodness, A, I wasn't on that plane, and B, I wasn't on that plane. Because you know if the brawl broke out, it was going to be right there in my row. Demand for pork is rising. Okay. When you're an investor, when you're putting money aside for your retirement, you're looking for a couple of things. Number one, you're looking for demand. You're looking for product as well. But growing demand and demand that's growing faster than other areas kind of can be kind of sexy, and that's where the growth happens sometimes. I'm boiling that down, but you get the idea. Demand for lean hogs exceeding supply for the fourth quarter and the first quarter. So as they wrap up the year, they're, they're saying things are looking good. It's so sad when I do stories and uh, reports on lean hogs because they're, they're, they're animals, and they look so innocent. Pigs look so innocent, but they taste so delicious. Investors wanting to profit from the likely increase and uh, purchase October futures. I don't really recommend that you, you purchase futures. In large part, it, it, to me, it feels like a little bit of a gamble. But I'm not telling you you don't. Get this. You can actually buy an exchange-traded fund called HOGS, H-O-G-S. I know there's a joke that I could make about some of my past lovers. Notice how I don't say male or female there because I'm not supposed to bash women or men for that matter, I guess. But, yeah, Rob's ticker symbol for his exes are hogs. And they all live in Texas, surprisingly enough. Um, what was interesting about COVID-19, and this is what, you know, inside the story of demand is building, it's been that there were factories that were forced to slow down their processing of hogs. Um, and it caused a dramatic drop in demand for pigs. Interesting, right? How COVID-19 plays with your investments. Processing plants were backing up because people wouldn't work in them. Um, it was one of the hot, hot, hot beds of the pandemic. Um, how much is a lean hog future worth? Eh, 73, 79 cents right now. How much was it worth a couple weeks ago? Uh, 43 cents. 
the 4379 you're like wow you could double your money there or you could have doubled your money anyhow anytime there is a swine flu anytime there's a pandemic uh epidemic i might start looking towards hogs just throwing that out there for you anything you want to talk about we can talk about it's all fair game two-thirds of college students say the coronavirus has changed how they feel about their financial futures does that not suck Let's call the millennials, um, the college kids right now, the old, uh, young millennials. But there's old millennials out there, and they had to go through the 2006-2008 situation. Now they're going through the 2019-2020 situation. And two-thirds of college students say the coronavirus has changed how they feel about their financial future. Listen to this. Um, more than 6.4 million college students get help from their parents to pay for their credit cards. Two times more students from medium-income households say a lack of financial literacy holds them back compared to students from high-income households. So if your parents were wealthy, you feel like, hey, or if your parents were poor or middle class, you're like, hey, those wealthy kids know more about money than me. Ah, that's why this show is here. Great evener. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Many days I don't take a look at the stock market until I do. I'm not obsessed with up or down in the short term. I'm obsessed with trends. And it's kind of a rock, scissors, paper kind of thing of, I think trends are more important to be involved in for the long term than taking a look at the short term. Have I done short term trades? Yes. Did I do most of my short term trades when I was 25, 35? Yes. Um, someone was showing me their portfolio yesterday and they're like, hey, look at my friend. They've got these options and they've done, you know, they're doing great. I'm like, really? Let's take a look. And then I was like, look at my portfolio. I haven't sold a share of Apple in 14 years. Well, I did, but I hadn't until this year. Um, a weird, weird thing, too. Is they, sometimes it, it's what works better, buy and hold, for tax reasons, yes. Because the shorter you hold a trade, the higher the taxes. There's different classifications on short-term and long-term, for sure. Um, but again, there's no right answer. I don't pretend to say like, you have to do it my way. I'm just, I'm here sharing. Someone asked me yesterday, can you do a show about every five year period of your life? And I was so flattered by that. And I, I will do that. But when I do it, I'm going to do it kind of not tongue in cheek, but I'm going to show you investment lessons I learned and maybe in a funny way. Um, and I, I haven't started thinking about it, so I can't give you a great example. I could say like when I was six, I lived in Turkey and I had blonde hair and blue eyes and the Turks loved me because, you know, some countries you go to visit in like India and you're tall, you're six foot and they're like, whoa, you look like Godzilla. And they come up and look at you and touch you like you're Godzilla. A woman friend of mine who was traveling in India, the children were coming up to her and touching her hair because she had different styled hair. So... Anyway, I think the point being there is when I lived in Turkey, I was blonde hair, blue eyes. I was a commodity. That was there. And like people, they pinch your cheek and say Mushala, which could have meant I'm going to abduct you and kill you. Or it could have meant you're a cute little child. 
I'm not sure which one it is. So I'm going to try to write something kind of funny, but I'm going to try to teach lessons here and there. And what's interesting, I, I guess I attracted the eye of a millionaire, a Turkish millionaire, which a million lira is like $12. So it's kind of a bogus statement. But then again, I'll talk about currencies. And I know a lot of people who have tried to trade currencies. And one of the dumbest uh, financial lessons I can tell you that someone threw at me is, hey, I, sh- I-, I want to buy the Iraqi dinar because we just invaded it and it's worth nothing. I said, you know what it's going to be worth in a couple of years? Nothing. So I think there's weird little lessons that I can try to blend in. So this Turkish millionaire invited me to a boat. And my, oh, my whole family, oh, and he gave us Coca-Cola. In Turkey, we couldn't go to a grocery store and buy Coca-Cola. It was like a rare thing. So we got Coca-Cola. Now, that was 1977, 1976, 78, somewhere in that area. And um, I think the long story short there is Coca-Cola. It's still around. It's still a a decent investment because it's kind of a a Western ideal, so to speak. Um, But you'll see where I'm going to go out with that. And when we went on his his yacht... (laughs) We were in the Mediterranean. I was on a, a raft, and it was a Hawaiian punch raft. It had the, the character that had the Hawaiian punch. I don't know what his name was. He had that funny little Hawaiian crown, and he punched people. Uh, some of our advertising wasn't very nice back then, right? Another investment lesson. But I went on a raft in the Mediterranean. The, the tide started to take me out, and I couldn't see the yacht anymore. I was like, I'm going to die. And my next thought is, I'm going to crash this raft on the Mediterranean island. I'm going to live there for the rest of my life. And that was the very first moment in my life where I was like, I'm different because I was cool with that. And it's okay to be different. Markets open lower and they're trying to work higher. Uh, Initial jobless claims unexpectedly rose. The number of individuals filing new unemployment insurance claims rose back to 1 million last week. Less than 50% of the Americans who've been furloughed have gotten back to work. Um, And we're still letting go people. A million is way too high of a number of first-time unemployment claims. First-time unemployment claims is, uh, we don't need you anymore, so we got to let you go. And sorry about this, but we're going to have security walk you out the door and please leave your mask on. So security walks you out the door, and then you're like, okay, you go home, and you're like, honey, I lost my job. I don't know what to do. And she's like, well, you're going to march your butt right down to unemployment office. And that's the first time you're making a claim. And that's when the government starts paying you for a period of time. And then you fall off normal unemployment and you move to extended unemployment. So as Americans, we have to almost count both of those, which is kind of an odd concept real quick. If you can work with me on this for uh, uno momento. Being unemployed stinks. You do get a check. But not if you're fired. But it's not a lot of money. And the longer you're on, it drops to even less. But we don't want you to completely starve. So we're like, you can probably go out and with this uh, benefit check, you can probably go out and buy 400 packs of ramen noodles. You're not going to starve, but you're not going to eat well either. Anyhow, I hope you're doing well. Let's take a look at the markets. Um, I think I've hit the big stories yesterday. Apple, $2 trillion. The Federal Reserve kind of spooked us by saying that the economy is going to be slower longer. Um, NVIDIA posted better than expected results. Intel's doing a big buyback. A little bit repetitive of me on that content, but there's not a lot to work with today. Mega stocks are outperforming. Cyclical stocks are lagging. Um, Facebook, Alphabet, Microsoft, Amazon, NVIDIA, and Apple. They're all moving higher. NVIDIA moved a little bit lower, but as the morning's gone on, it's moved a little bit higher. Um, so, and it's record territory for most of those names, or pretty darn close to it. 
SDA lot are down six and a half percent. They reported a wider than expected loss. They also said they're going to lay off 1,500 to 2,000 people. The thing that I like about SDA Lauder, it's kind of like that Coca-Cola story. When I said in Turkey, I was six, seven years old and a Turkish millionaire liked me. And for me to like walk around his apartment and look cute, like, oh, ask him questions like, what is this? What is that? What is this? Uh, to interact with them. I shouldn't say cute because there's a weird sexual undertone to that that I don't like now that I've said it. But to get that Coke, it's the same thing with Estee Lauder. It's been around a long time. And it's a brand. And, you know, let's say you're, you're Sugar Booger, or you could be a guy too. Um, you're, you're at the mall, you're at the store, and she says, can you get a CVS and get me some makeup? I'm all out of makeup. And I used to say, like, hey, there's always going to be ugly people in the world. And you can always put makeup on a pig and make it look pretty. Um, but there's also a brand there. There's also, you know, oil of LA. Um, the creamy natural moisturizer. Um, brands are a, not a bad way to invest. It's a better idea than I'm just going to throw darts or I'm going to buy a tech company that I don't understand anything about or I'm not going to look at any of the financials of any of the companies I invest in. It's not bad. So you get the idea. Um, only 2.8% of retirement savers made a withdrawal from their 401k so far this year. That's interesting. I don't know what it means, but it's interesting. It's like Dave Letterman used to do a stat that three out of four people make up 75% of people. And I, I get it, but a smaller number of retirement savers are withdrawing money. So they're trying to make their assets last longer. And the worst time to be selling your assets is in a market correction. Interesting, right? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back in. I'm Rob Black. Thanks for listening. It is a new day of school for many children in America. Maybe a new week. Maybe they started last week. Maybe they start next week. But it's that school time of year. And the wheels on the bus don't go round and round this year. The wheels on the bus go. Nah, I won't get there. Majority of parents are opting to take their kids to school in the family vehicle as the primary mode of BTS, back-to-school transport. That's nearly double the parents sending their kids on the bus. Um, 55% of parents plan to drive their children, talk, uh, taking them, uh, instead of taking them to the bus stop. I love the school bus. Do you remember the school bus? Uh, I love the school bus minus one thing. As you got older, you, you sat further and further in the back. Um, there were some fights that would go on on school buses. And that's a weird memory. But school has been badly, badly disrupted by the pandemic. And it's just changing the way we're consuming. If you're going to rely on your car, that should help the auto industry because we're not driving to work as much, but maybe you're driving your kid. That, that should help. There is a publicly traded school bus company. I know you're saying, take off. No. A company called Bluebird, ticker symbol BLBD. And then you get into other bus type of plays like Daimler. German company and Navistar International, ticker symbol NAV. 
Bluebird stock is down 50% year to date. Now, I am a smart guy when it comes to money. Not so good with women, not so good with cars, not so good with sports. But I'm a smart guy when it comes to money. I would never, ever, never, ever, never thought that a busing company would be down 50% due to the pandemic. I just know I don't go that far. Um, but investors should pay attention to Bluebird stock as data starts to emerge on treatments for vaccines and COVID. If you do believe we're going to get there, and there's some data on that that I'll hit in just a second, then maybe Bluebird, who's down 50%, and it's under my radar, it's under a lot of people's radar, but it might be something you think of as a trade. You probably don't want to get into busing as a long-term investment. It's a transport. You probably think airlines, yeah, the airlines will be sacked, but they're obvious. Bluebird's not obvious, if you get my drift. Um, so back to that COVID thing, uh, Johnson Johnson's planning a 60,000 subject pivotal trial. The planned phase three trial would have double the number of subjects expected to enroll in late stage studies of other vaccines. So they're, they're saying, we got this, and we're going big to show you that we got this. So it's going to be a home run, strikeout, right? That's the thought. Johnson Johnson wants to enroll a robust number of participants who are representative of those populations affected by COVID to determine the safety, the efficacy, the durability of the vaccine, and the optimal dosing regimens. You may respond perfectly to 10 milligram, milligram shot, but you may like start coughing and dying at 20. Um, you may, we may find out like the guy who got the 10 milligrams, he's immune, but he's only immune for three months. So he has to come back and get another 10. So we'll learn a lot. And we're moving in the right direction. Moderna and Pfizer and AstraZeneca, there's a lot of pivotal studies going on, but Johnson Johnson in the game. So and it clearly looks like two or three players are going to have something Again, I don't know the timing, 2020, 2021 early. I don't know. I'm going to get my flu shot before the fall tomorrow. Um, and again, I'm not trying to say, be like me. I'm not the Michael Jordan of flu shots or vaccination information or pandemics. But I, I've made it 50 plus years on this planet and I'm not dead with flu shots. Knock on wood, right? So a little bit more interesting on that Johnson Johnson study. Um, this goes back to some research that they did on other COVIDs and other years. So it's kind of nice to see, you know, we're moving in the right direction, but they're studying it in Belgium, in Brazil, in Chile, in the Philippines, in South Africa. That's one of the things our drug system does pretty well, or maybe pretty bad, is we make them go through thorough testing. And then once they get through the phase three testing, they're going to go to the FDA and they're going to say, here's our candidate for a vaccine. Here's our data. And the um, FDA is going to go, did you study this with children? And they'll go, yes, 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 yes. They're like, Good. Did you study it with Caucasian? Yes, yes, yes. Did you study it with African-American? Yes, 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 yes. Did you study it with Asian-American? Oh, we forgot that one. So the uh, FDA is there as a process. Now, some people would say, it's COVID and people are dying. Tear down all the processes. And that's maybe what Russia did. Remember a couple of Mondays ago, Russia said they've got a vaccine. That story kind of went away. We'll see. Again, not trying to be right or wrong. Just trying to give you information. Uh, Lady Gaga. I like her. And I don't know why. I like Sia. 
And I don't know why. Maybe they look more like me. Maybe they don't look like hot, young, sexy rock and roll or pop singers, right? But I just want to remind you that Lady Gaga, she won three Grammys in 2019. Two for The Shallow and one for Joanne. Both songs were from work in a musical drama. Stars Born, right? She's hitting it well. She's doing great. But did you know she went bankrupt after her Monster Ball? Um, worldwide concert from 2009 to 2011. It's funny. She didn't realize how like costly all this stuff was. So she got back to profitability. She got back to out of bankruptcy from the sheer quality and quantity of her work. I throw that out there because you look at her and you're like, um, she's made $50 million in the first six months of last year. So she sold 11 million albums. She did the Super Bowl. She did five concert tours. She's won nine Grammys. She's fine. But at one point in time, she was $3 million in debt because she was expanding her concert tour and paying for it herself and investing in herself, essentially. And one of the best things she said recently when she's talking about her bankruptcy was uh, she said, the only things that I splurge on is my dad's heart valve and a Rolls Royce for my parents for their anniversary. Other than that, she says, I reinvest everything into my business, my show. Okay. I like the idea there, and all I want to pass on to you is the concept of she doesn't splurge, in theory. Now, again, something tells me she might be. Um, something tells me that she's not going to be vacationing, how shall we say, locally. And she's definitely not going to be flying in consumer class, if you know what I mean. But I don't know. I like seeing that because we hear most NFL football players are bankrupt within three years of leaving the NFL because they've been splurging while they were making the money and then they stopped making the money and the tax bill on your home is expensive. I own two homes right now. I'm not bragging. I'm not doing anything like that. I have a getaway home. It worked out really well for me in COVID just to give me space to do shows like this. And so I can get up and talk like that um, instead of going into the studio, which is soundproof. They didn't want me in the studio. They're worried about, you know, my health and their health. So when I retire and I'm not making, when the income stops coming in, I have a plan. I'm selling a house or I'm turning it into a rental. You follow where I'm going? You picking up what I'm putting down? Susie Orman is making a massive comeback right now. I thought she might have been dead because I haven't seen her on TV for a while. She lives up in Marin. She's one of those celebrities or pseudo-celebrities or TV media celebrities or reality TV celebrities or whatever she is. I actually got to meet her once and it's slightly awkward because I wrote a book called Susie Orman's The Devil and 99 Other Financial Lessons You Need to Know. And I thought that was a funny title. And the attorneys at the book publishing company said, you can't say that. You can't say she's the devil. I was like, why? And I was like, they can't, you can't prove it. I'm like, you're kidding. So I said, okay, so here's the new title. And I said, we're going with it or I'm pulling my book and screw you guys. I'm taking my ball and going home. I said, so can I do Susie Orman is like the devil and 99 other things the financial industry doesn't want you to know? I'm like, you can do that because you're just saying she's like the devil. And then I put a chapter in there about how it sounds too good to be true. She kind of looks like a soccer mom or soccer grandmother. 
she's got leather pants that she's wearing as a jacket. You're like, how does someone put a leather pants on? Doesn't matter. She's got that orange Trump can almost going. I don't like it. I don't like that she gets on PBS and says, I can help fix your credit for only $99. Sign up for the Susie Orman Credit Repair Kit. I hate that because you can Google credit repair and get it for free. Uh, it may not be a one, two, three, hold your hand, but it's pretty much a one, two, three, hold your hand. So Susie Orman is making a comeback on CNBC now because they need content. Everyone needs content. I don't know if you saw, but Netflix had a, um, one of those you know, unsolved mysteries. And they had 13 episodes ready to come out in July. And they're like, we better stagger this and only do six or seven episodes and then do six or seven more in October because production's getting slowed down. Same thing with CNBC. They, the production's getting slowed down on new episodes of Shark Tank. So they're like, we need, let's call Susie Armand. So she comes out of retirement or she comes out of hiding or she comes out of the crypt. She kind of looks like the crypt keeper from, um, no, I'm not going to say that from the old HBO series, which for the record did not age well. Um, so Susie Armand's talking about cars right now. She goes, uh, how do you answer one question? One question girlfriend tells me, everything about how you think financially. And the question is, how long do you want to keep your current car? And she says what answers is the right answer. And it's as long as possible. And I kind of agree with her on that one. Who knew? You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I pledge that if you listen to this show, I'm going to do everything I can to get you a little bit more working financial knowledge to get to retirement. Whether it be through the best way to save for me in my life and for most people I see is through their 401k. Because you don't pay federal taxes on your income that you earned that goes into your 401k. You still have to pay your state taxes, your social security taxes. There's still taxes you're paying first. But right there, if your tax rate's 20% federally, 25%. Right there, your money is staying more pure, more whole, more yours. And it grows tax deferred. And then later in life, it comes out at a taxable income level, which hopefully you've doubled or tripled or quadrupled in your lifetime and was worth it. Sacrifice. I pledge that if you listen, I'll do everything I can every week to bring a good idea to you. Um, Every day. Yesterday, we learned something called a crowded trade. Uh, My friends at briefing.com came on, Patrick O'Hare. And he talked about Amazon and Apple and Facebook and Google and Netflix all being crowded trades. Like, it doesn't take a rocket genius scientist to figure out those names are the leaders of the market. I know you're saying, I've got a degree in rocket degree science, um, a doctorate, in fact. It, you don't need it for this one. Um, but Tesla, and my producer brought this up today, he goes, it's up another 6% today. He goes, that makes no sense. And he's young, so for him to say that, that's like, I get it. Do you know what it was up yesterday? 11%. And I said, what do you think the news is today? Well, first and foremost, it's momentum with crowded trade. Everyone wants to own a piece of it because if you bought it yesterday, you made money today. If you bought it 10 days ago, you made money. If you bought it 100 days ago, it's momentum. It hasn't hasn't created losers. And 6% is a big move, but is it really? It's got a market cap of about $369 billion. Some analyst reports that I've read said easily worth a trillion, trillion and a half over time if 
they move from a very small percentage of penetration to a bigger. If 2% of all cars on the road today are electric vehicles and we move to 10%, that's, that's ginormous for them. Because Ford doesn't really have the product, nor does GM, that we want. We want them because it looks cooler. It looks shinier. It's like Apple. There's better smartphones out there. There's more consistent. There's, there's cheaper. There's, everyone can do as well as Apple, but it looks cool. And they've sold it as swag. If you get a $100 bottle of champagne and you make a mimosa out of it, yeah, that's probably a waste of $100 because there's not a lot of difference between the taste when you throw in an orange. Like, but it's a status symbol. Tesla is a status symbol. It's a luxury company for whatever reason it is. I looked at the news. There's no news um, to justify that kind of move. Um, just it's a momentum trade. It's a crowded trade. Panasonic said they're going to invest $100 million in an electric car battery plant with Tesla. Uh, there's a new IPO coming out called XOS Trucks. Um, last month or two months ago, there was one called Nikola, ticker some NLK, and that did well. Everyone wants to own an electric vehicle right now. And I don't think that's necessarily because of a, a Joe Biden versus Donald Trump play. Trump likes coal. Trump likes oil. Biden likes solar, in theory. I'm not political, and I'm just kind of stating the norm, maybe. Uh, but there's no reason for it to be moving higher. And then my producer said it. He figured it out before me. He said it's close to 2000 2000 2000 a share. And I hope, I hope Elon Musk is mentally stable because he's created a ton of wealth a ton of wealth to move into the top four in the world. Um, and he's going to take the top position. Well, I think eh, maybe Amazon. I don't know. That, that's, I, I want to back off that statement. But I think when all is said and done, when he launches his SpaceX, that IPOs, there's going to be a lot of shares that he owns that are going to do quite well. So Tesla sits at 1983 in a uh, share. I wanted to say an ounce, but <laughs> that's not quite right. Unless you think Tesla could be melted down and turned into drugs which maybe it can, maybe that's their secret. Apple today quietly acquired Israel's Camerai, formerly Tippet, a specialist in AR and camera technology. Why not? Do you think they used any cash? Probably not. They probably looked at their shares and like, hey, we were up 200 billion in market cap in the last 20 days. Let's spend two and a half billion right now and go buy a company. They can buy companies in cash. No, they don't need to. Why use that asset? They could give them paper. That says this is what, that same thing, but a little bit different. Back in 2018, Magically raised about a billion dollars in a single round of financing. And there was rumors that Apple and Samsung and Alibaba were looking to acquire that startup. So what's interesting to note about it is Camerai, and it's the word camera with an I at the end, um, has software-based augmented reality tools to help edit and use the camera-made images in more sophisticated ways, tied towards skeletal tracking, neural networks, all you need to know is Apple's buying future technology. Yesterday, I talked about how their R&D department is kind of lagging Samsung's, but their acquisitions, a lot of companies say, we don't need to focus on R&D because we can go acquire the company that has done the R&D and the founders that are the smart people. And we can lock them up for a couple of years and give them a no compete so that when they leave the industry, they can't go to work for our rivals. Which I find no compete's a little bit offensive, but that's just me. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. California is the sixth largest country in the world if you just call it the state and split it off. 
Gavin Newsom has declared a state of emergency during evacuations. My kids were playing a little Fortnite yesterday, and I heard one of their friends in the background scream, We gotta go! Evacuate! So that's probably the mom. And, um, yeah, we're evacuating parts of California. And that's humbling. Napa, Sonoma, San Mateo, Santa Cruz, all under urgent evacuations. I live in San Mateo County. Yesterday, the air quality was grotesque. Newsom said on California uh, yesterday that it's been hit by 10,850 lightning strikes. I don't know who's doing all that counting, because I'd be like 10,831, 10,832. And someone would say something like, oh, I lost my count, got to start over again.